You're listening to a podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Jose Rodriguez. Welcome back, Jose. Yes. So you remember how in the last episode, Emily and I discussed a new segment called Dating Adventures with Esteban. Yes. If you didn't listen to the last episode, check it out. It's where I have taken an active role in finding my cousin Esteban a date. As you know, Esteban is a role model of mine, somebody that I've looked up to for a long time, and I care about him, and I want him to find that that true love, that happiness that you and I have. And you don't think he can do it on his own, so you're helping him out. Sure, because this this required an online dating site. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah, and so he's more cerebral and not as technical. Because he's a lot older. Exactly. And he was nice enough to send me an update Uh, about the two dates that he went on last week. You want to hear it? Yes. Here we go. Here we go. This is the update from Esteban about dating adventures with Esteban. He goes, the woman on Thursday who had spent a great deal of time in Cambridge, Massachusetts, came ready to meet a lawyer. Don't know where she got that. But when she asked me what kind of law I practiced, I realized my profile must be very sparse. Which, by the way, I have to interrupt. It is, right? <laughs> Because when I set up his uh, his profile page, you know, I just put, um, you know, minimum amount of information. Okay. Like some of these women, like, will write their whole life story, which is incredible. But, I, you know, I, we didn't have that kind of time. And I just want to get him out there. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to write his memoir. You know gotcha. what I mean? So he's not a lawyer, you're saying? No, but apparently she expected him to be a lawyer. In my communications with her, you know, because I, I messaged them back and forth, I never said that he was a lawyer. Maybe I was messaging like a lawyer, or maybe she's just flat out is looking for a lawyer. No, you definitely communicate like a lawyer. I mean, okay, okay, <laughs> true. Once a lawyer, always a lawyer, right? All right, so then he says, I told her I was an environmental microbiologist, and she seemed disappointed. I guess she's interested in an intelligent man, but not that kind of intelligence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she then asked me what kind of visa I had. When I said I am not Spanish, I am Puerto Rican, she almost immediately replied, quote, Oh, I know a Puerto Rican. And then my cousin goes, One. One Puerto Rican living in New York City is all she knew. Maybe what? El Supel? Or the doorman? Or el muchacho de la marqueta? No. One Puerto Rican, and his last name, the one Puerto Rican she knew, his last name was Ellis. Oh, and she also seemed disappointed that my cousin Esteban didn't know the Puerto Rican she knew. Because <laughs> him and that Puerto Rican are the only two in New York. Yeah, we're supposed to know each other. Because, right. you know, all Puerto Ricans are family. He goes, the meeting went bad almost immediately, and she then thanked me for the drink. And the drink. The drink, and then wished me luck. She grabbed her stuff. Y se fue más rápido que ligero, which means she like flew out of there. <laughs> He goes, I had to stay for the second drink just to get the bad taste out of my mouth. So that all that conversation happened over one drink. She thanked him for that drink and then left. That was quick. That's a quick drink because one one drink, it's not like it's a coffee where you have to sip it little by little. She probably chugged that drink down and was out of there. Well, I think right away when she found out he wasn't a lawyer, that he was a microbiologist guess you guess she was probably like uh no you know what i mean and then you're puerto rican and you don't even know ellis the puerto rican i know she was probably questioning my cousin's authenticity right like are you really puerto rican if you don't know the puerto rican i know how can you be puerto rican 
and you know what what I what I'm wondering too is why was she wanting him to be an attorney? Like, did she need an attorney? Right, but that's what I was saying. Maybe, right? A woman her age was looking to just settle down with an attorney. Maybe that's what she asks, you know, like in every date. You know, so what kind of law do you practice? I'm a retired physicist. Oh, yeah? So what kind of law do you practice? No, I'm a physicist. Yes, what kind of cases do you have? I don't have cases, ma'am. Okay, thank you for the drink. I got to (laughs) go. He goes, all right. So he goes, all right, for the Friday date, because, you know, I set him up on a date on Thursday con la loca esta that apparently is looking for a lawyer, and then Friday. So here's the update on Friday's date. I wonder if he was hesitant to go on Friday because of what happened Thursday already. I wonder if he was looking at, like, the way he was getting dressed, like, does this look like a lawyer? (laughs) All right, so my, my cousin Esteban writes, on Friday, the woman was very pleasant. Almost cute. Almost cute. Wait, almost. Esteban, what do you, how do you go from very pleasant to almost cute? Almost cute. You know, if the lighting hit her in the right way, she was almost cute. Right. But then the bartender turned the lights on and he said, fue. He writes, she is a 55-year-old former lawyer that now does public relations for a big law firm. She immediately let me know that she is learning Spanish, but that she is in the beginner stage. Quote, I took French in school was her excuse. By the way, uh, so did I. Yeah, right? so did yeah, I. Right? I don't know why they taught us French. Luckily, I've been to France. But other than that, I, I have no idea what they were getting me ready for. <laughs> the phrase that I learned and still know to this day is non je pas, which is French for I don't know. Right. All right. So he continues. She smiled a lot and said that she was having a good time many times, which is always a good sign, right? Yeah. Anytime that you're with somebody and they go, I'm having a great time. And laughing, laughing yeah. and having a great time. Yeah. You're, you're in there. But anytime they repeat it, you know it's a good sign because I'm sure it went something like this. So I studied microbiology. Oh, that's so great. By the way, I'm having a great time. Me too. Me too. And uh, I've been a microbiologist now for oh, 20 years. 20 years? Yes. That's a long time. By the way, I'm having a great time. <laughs> me too. Yeah. How about yourself? What did you study? Well, I, I studied uh, for a long time as well. Did I tell you I'm having a great time? <laughs> Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So that's always a good sign. I love that. All right, so he continues. He goes, when I told her I have kids, she asked how many, which is which is a normal question, normal. right? Because yeah. you don't want to be like eight or ten. Right. When I mentioned former wives, she asked how many again. Again, you know. Normal question. Fair question. He goes, we had two drinks and would have stayed longer, but she had to go home to take care of her parrot. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. He goes, we may see each other again. Oh, wait, it wasn't a parrot, but a dog. Okay, he threw me off. Okay. The reason why he said that is because the woman that he is currently seeing has a parrot, which is strange in and of itself. Okay. One thing is to have a dog or a cat. Another thing is to have a parrot. Because people who own parrots um, treat their pets differently than people who have dogs. Would you agree? What do you mean? That they talk to them more? Yeah. They talk to them like they actually expect a response. Right. You know, like a dog, you go, oh, good boy. You know, oh, that's my good dog. Oh, that's a good dog. That's a good dog. With a parrot, they'd be like, you know, they'd be like, Mr. Snuggles, what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, no, exactly. They, they, <laughs> they actually, expect the response. Yeah, they, like they stop. They, you know, I actually yeah. stop to get a response. Miss, Mr. Snuggles. Yes. In their head, I'm sure that's what they hear. Now, something that stood out to me, you said the the lady that he is currently going out with. Well, yes. Go ahead. So he's going out with somebody, but you send them on these two dates? Yeah, as long as she doesn't find out what I'm doing, we're okay. I think I'm okay. Unless she's listening to this podcast, then, you know, our, our cover is blown. You blew up Esteban if that's it. Right. But hopefully she's too busy with her parrot to, to listen to this podcast. 
You know, speaking of online dating, a fan of the podcast actually sent me uh, a story from her online dating uh, experiences. And it goes like this. You ready? Okay. He writes, Hola, mami. My name's Julio. And I'm going to be honest. Okay, mami. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Okay? <laughs> we already talked about this. If you have to emphasize that you're going to be honest, it tells the person that you normally lie. Correct. That normally you lie. Up until this point, I'm going to tell the truth now. Right. Normally, I'm a liar, but if I tell you that I'm going to be honest, take advantage because otherwise, I'm simply lying. Right. Okay. So he continues. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? Number one, he actually lists them. Number one, I just got out of prison. Number two, I live in a rehab facility. Number three, don't have a job. Number four, don't have a car. Number five, I am on medication. So what's up? That's it. (laughs) That's it. I got to give it to him. He just put it all out there. Yeah, he said, take it if you want it. But this is me. No, he said more than that. He said, so what's up? (laughs) Like the response was supposed to be, you know, can you pick me up at eight? Right. You know what I mean? Like, so what's up? You know, what do you want to eat? What do you want? Chicken or fish? Or where do you want to meet? Because I got to take the bus there. Right. After I take my medication. So she goes, thank you for contacting me. But no, thank you. I'm not interested. Right. Right. That you would think that would be the end of it. Right? Plain and simple. He was honest, right to the point. She was honest, right to the point. Yep. No. No. This guy goes, why not? He goes, give me one good reason why you wouldn't give a guy like me a chance. Okay? <laughs> Let me give you five. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Number one, you just got out of prison. Number two, you live in a rehab facility. Number three, you don't have a job. Number four, you don't have a car. And number five... You're taking medication. Yeah. I wouldn't even get like past two. No. You know what I mean? If you told me, listen, I just got out of prison. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, maybe. Uh, and by the way, I live in a rehab facility. Oh, you know what? Maybe you need time. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe you need time and I want to give you that time. And I also want to take advantage of that time and run away and hide and go into a witness protection program. And I'm thinking, too, if he just got out of prison, why is he in a rehab facility? Yeah, there's so many questions there. You understand? Because normally you are rehabilitated in prison. And when you are released, you either are released, right, and you're sent home, or you go to like a halfway house. Right. I'm assuming it's a halfway house, but he said a rehab facility. No, I think, yeah, that's different. That means you've got drug issues. Right. Right? Because I'm sure he's not rehabbing his knee. It's not like, you know, (laughs) he injured his knee and he's got to take physical therapy. I twisted my ankle in jail, so I'm in rehab. Yeah, and the problem, I think, is that normally when you're in prison, that is a rehab facility. Yeah. Because in theory, you're not doing drugs. But if you leave prison and you have to go to rehab facility, um... It tells me that you probably picked up the drug habit in prison. Right. So that's even worse. Maybe you're not ready for dating. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. At least run it by your parole officer and just see what he says. Because I'm pretty sure he's going to agree with me. All right. What you got? So I don't know if you saw in the news this past week where a father got into an altercation with the son and the father ended up shooting the son and killing him. Really? Yes. Well, that father happened to be the vice president of my company. The vice president of your job killed his son? Yes. What? His his son is a 32-year-old man, but still his son. Right. Which lives with him. But apparently they got into a fight at home. Uh, The son threw the dad to the ground through a door and was coming after him and the dad shot him. 
Ah, uh, see, that's why you can't have guns in the house. Well, not only had it in the house, but he had it on him Ooh. to defend himself. <laughs> okay. So apparently he's been having issues with the son where the son is into drugs and they were in fear of their life. Yeah, he's, he's walking around with a gun. At home. Right. Because I, I have a gun, but I don't walk around the house with my gun on me. Anticipating a problem with Lissette. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. You don't walk around going, hey, what? What'd what? you say? What'd when? you say? What? What? ¿Qué dijiste? Eh? What? I feel bad because I know him and, and obviously he's going through this. They still haven't uh, said if they're pressing charges or not. So we're still, we still don't know if he's going to be coming back to work or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's facing uh, quite a bit of legal trouble. I am telling you that as a former prosecutor and as a former criminal defense attorney, uh, that looks like a cluster. The worst part of the situation for me was that we showed up. Oh, for you. Yeah. I I like how you said the worst part of the situation for for me. me, me. Because the son is is a whole other story. That's the worst part. Right. But yeah. But for me. (laughs) Yeah. We showed up uh, to the scene to be with, because we know the wife, to be with her as all the questioning and all that was going on. And they finally let us into the house at like 11.30 at night when they had cleared the body, but they hadn't cleared the blood. What? So that had to be taken care of. So the cop had given uh, the daughter a phone number to call and say, these people come and clean up. They wanted 3000 to $6,000 to clean up the area. I don't, I don't understand the price range. How do you go from 3000 to 6000 I'm assuming depending how much there is to clean up and if it's rug. Because she had told him it's all in the tile area. There's no rug or anything where, where it happened, which was the laundry room. Yeah, you never, um, you never imagine these conversations, right? Like, what, no. how does that conversation go about, right? Because, you know, Emily and I hire cleaning services you know, all the time to come and clean the house. And they usually say, how big is the house, right? How many bedrooms, are there rugs, you know, et cetera. And you're like, okay, you know, yes, you know, 1,800 square feet, three rooms, whatever. But this is a different kind of call. It would probably go something like this. Boricua Cleaning Services, how can I help you? Uh, Yes, there's been an accident at my house tonight. No problem. That's what we do. We clean up accidents. How can I help you? Uh, Yes, the laundry room is uh, very dirty. Well, you Uh, know, laundry rooms are dirty all the time. That's why they're laundry rooms, because that's where you do the cleaning. Boricua Cleaning Services at your disposal. How can I help you? Uh, Perfect. Uh, My husband had a little, what do you say, argument with my son, and my son is now not there. Uh, when you say he's not there, like what? He left the house because he was mad? What? Yeah, he left the house about 30 minutes ago uh, by by morgue. Okay, when you say by morgue, you mean like the bar down the street called morgues or what? No, he left in a, in one of those black bags with a zipper. Oh, he he's dead? Yes. Oh, that's the accident? Yes. And you want us to what? They took the body, so what do you want us to do? Uh, there, There's a lot of him still left on the floor. Ooh, you know, that's a lot of cleaning. Uh, I don't know, man, because when you clean that, you walk away with the memory of what you clean. That's not like, you know, cleaning a rug, ma'am, okay? This is serious stuff. And at Boricua Cleaning Services, we take cleaning, you know, human blood very seriously okay so how much are you gonna charge well it depends on the amount of blood and if there are any like 
parts of his body in the blood. There's no parts, and it's about, I don't know, like a two foot by two foot okay. area. The fact that you measured the blood stain worries me, ma'am. Okay, so for that, I don't know what I'm walking into, and I, quite frankly, I'm starting to think that you maybe have been, maybe were responsible for the accident. Uh, or at least partly responsible. So uh, we're going to charge an extra fee of three thousand. So our fee is either three thousand or six thousand if you if we really feel creeped out when we get there. But I mean, you're not going to tell me till you get here. Like I need to know now how much it's going to be. Uh, I'm getting creeped out just by talking to you. So when we go there, if, if you look like what I think you look like, uh, I might definitely charge you an extra three thousand. Well, can you be specific? Like, how are you going to clean it? What are you going to do? Okay, that's what's starting to scare me right there. Okay, I, I just the the image of you standing behind me as I clean up uh, the blood is terrifying to me. So you know what? I'm going to pass on this job. Okay, good luck, ma'am. Use some Clorox and a bucket with a mop. Thank you. You see how difficult that is? Because you is. never you always think like when these tragic things happen that the cops come in and I don't know, then the cleaning unit comes in from That's the, what I thought too. And they clean it. Why would they be like good luck? You right. know? So what did they do? They so then the owner of the company was like, Well, let's just see what is there and let's make a determination of if we can clean it or if not, then we'll hire the company. Sorry, but I would have been like, Why don't we just go out to eat? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Why are we doing this? Like, this feels like something that we should not be doing. We should not be looking to see if it's something we can do. I, that's when I'd be like, I'd raise my hand. You know, I'd be like, yes, Castro. I don't even clean my own house. Okay. I, I just hire somebody and then I leave the house while they're cleaning it because it feels awkward to be in the house while they're cleaning. And, and I'm also hungry. Anybody want that awesome blossom, that fried onion at Chili's? It's amazing. Who's down with me, huh? Anybody? Raise your hands. Anybody? Nobody. Okay. I'm just going to go and wait for you guys there. So when you're done cleaning up, um, don't even meet me. Just go home and shower and then go to Chili's. Well, the good thing was I had the excuse that I can't bend. Oh, thank God for so, your hernia. Yes. hey -o. I didn't. But Lisette was there helping out and she had no. flip-flops on. No, no, no. Yes. No. Did you throw the flip-flops out? No. I, I, well, I told her, I'm like, don't you walk in there with flip-flops. It's going to touch your toes. No, it's, it's going to touch the flip-flops. And yes. then eventually the flip-flops are going to be in your house. Yeah. No, no. Everything's got to be burnt. You burn everything. You burn everything. Because the whole time you're thinking, I'm walking around in a crime scene. I know the cops left, but what if they forgot something? What right. if they're like, oh, we forgot to do this. We got to go back. No, man. I don't even go in that house, man. If anything, I'm lighting candles, you know, and I'm doing, I'm praying the rosary, but I'm never going in that house. And hoping that when you come back, it's gone. Or if not, you just sell the house like that. It's done. No, I'm never walking in that house. You could be a friend and I'll never visit you at that house. Why? Because bad things happen in that house. You know what I mean? It's like, with all due respect, I'm doing the sign of the cross and then I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. Good luck. Adio. No vemo. And if you insist on living there, I, I won't even FaceTime you. I don't even want to see it in the background. You understand? Right. Well, we, en we ended up helping. I ended up looking around for any blood stains and then... Ugh. Uh, the owner of the company and his daughter, uh, the vice president's daughter, ended up doing the bulk of the cleaning. Oh, so you were like the spotter. Right. You were like that dog when they, they take out on a hunting. You would just yeah. kind of point oh, at the right blood. Here. Yeah, that's all you would do. You, <laughs> yeah. would just, you would just point and go, clean here, clean there. Right. And then Lisette, after everything was clean, she went with a little Swiffer sweep and did the final clean, like after all the blood was gone. How does that not mess you up, though? The whole time you're there, you're thinking, oh, my God, something tragic happened here. I, I just I would not be able to do it. I'd be like, I am leaving. 
and everybody here should leave with me. <laughs> this is not normal. This is not something we should be doing. We just came from an office. Right. We're good at paperwork. You understand? <laughs> know your role. Let's stay in our lanes and let's just go back to the office. But first, let's stop at Chili's. It actually made me proud to see Lissette helping out because I'm like, all right, my ride or die is helping out. But now I know if something goes down, I can't call you. You'd be like, nope, let's go eat an awesome blossom. No, you won't even have to call me. Lissette will clean up. That's that's <laughs> yep. what I would be scared of. Lissette would be like, listen, I'll take you out and then I'll clean up, okay? Yep. Nobody will even know you're missing. They won't even see the evidence. If anything, seeing Lissette clean up like that fearlessly would scare me because Lissette could have stopped cleaning and looked up at you and went, hey, <laughs> make sure you behave, okay? And I didn't I, even think about that. Yeah, man. I would be like, oh my God. She didn't even hesitate. She was just cleaning away. You understand? Yeah. She was getting rid of the evidence and had no problem doing so. Like nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, pet peeves, go. Okay, you know what I hate? When you're at a restaurant and you've placed your order with the waiter uh-huh. or waitress and it comes back and it's wrong and they blame the kitchen. Why is that a problem? Because they should have checked it from the time they grabbed it and brought it to the table checked what was wrong and then said oh it's wrong let me not take it to the table i took the odor i know what it should be right you want them to do that that take that extra step correct not make me check the food because because you want to be able to get mad at them yeah they're like oh they're like oh no don't get mad at me you got to get mad at the chef that you can't see or you can't speak to and then you're like what am i supposed to do exactly the thing is i talked to you you did the order so you should have verified it yeah i'm talking to you which means i get to yell at you (laughs) right if you claim ignorance then i can't do that second part and i got nobody to yell at Right. And I can't yell at my wife because she apparently she's really good at cleaning crime scenes. Right. So I've got to watch <laughs> what I say to her. So then what happens? Well, this happened recently where I ordered something. And, I, you know, I can't have sauces because of my GERD. So I always ask for no sauces or the sauce on the side. Right. Well, when it got to the table and I went to eat it, it was in chumbaude sauce. Like there was sauce everywhere. And I'm like, I asked for no sauce. They're like, oh. I said that, but the kitchen messed up and I'm just like getting irritated. So I'm just like, just take it back and bring me another one. But as I'm waiting for my food, I reach over and grab a little shrimp from Lisette's plate and eat it. Of course. Her face was the same face you were giving me. Like, how dare you? Because that's her pet peeve is people digging into her plate and grabbing food. Wow. So you just could win. I couldn't win that day. That was an awful night for you. (laughs) Horrible. A fan of mine on Instagram, Ellie, uh, shared her pet peeve. You ready? She goes, when someone smokes in the small enclosed space of a car, that's her pet peeve. She goes, because people are exposed to toxic air that is many times higher than what the EPA considers hazardous air quality. Even when a window is down, which by the way, uh, is, is such a pet peeve of mine when I get into an Uber and it's clear that the driver had been smoking. But it's horrendous. I've had to actually step out mm-hmm. and be like, I'm good. I'll just order another one. Yep. But sometimes you have no choice. Sometimes you're running late or you're going to the airport and it's just like I get out feeling nauseous and sick. I just hate the smell of smoke, cigarette smoke. So I'm definitely with her. Then she writes, additionally, the gaseous and particulate components of tobacco smoke absorb into the upholstery and other surfaces inside the car. And then it goes back into the air over the course of many days exposing passengers to toxins long after anyone actually smoked in the car. Now, obviously, uh, this person is very intelligent, Mm -hmm. okay, and clearly works in the medical field, okay? Because this is like you and I are having a hard time reading this. Yes. 
Uh, and the bottom line is you shouldn't smoke in small, confined spaces. Crazy. Or expose other people to it. Right. And then she writes, in addition to also smelling like cigarette, you know, yourself when you, you know, when you go into work. She goes, I mean, come on. You couldn't smoke before you got into your car this morning? How would you appreciate someone that didn't shower, right, and then sits next to you and smells all day for eight hours? You wouldn't like it, right? So think about how bad you smell that someone has good hygiene and doesn't smoke feels when they have to sit next to your stinky cigarette behind. I agree. 100%. You know that the smell of cigarette just stays with a person. Mm-hmm. It just It's almost like permanent, especially a, a person who smokes multiple cigarettes a day. It almost like becomes a part of their body odor, right. which is hard to peel away. I don't care how many showers you take or how much laundry you do. It's just a part of your being, which means we could be sitting next to each other. And as soon as you leave, that wave of your BO stays behind. Kind of like the face you're making at me right now. Like <laughs> like, like, the, like the sun is too bright and you're looking right at the sun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it just stays with you. And it's so thick. It's like almost like in a cartoon where it's, it almost forms like a haze. Right? And it makes your hair smell too. Like every part of your body starts smelling when they're smoking next to you. Yeah. Anytime I get out of an Uber where the driver, you know, has been smoking, my my outfit is done. If I'm going somewhere nice, I'm done. Yep. I might as well walk through a car wash to maybe get some of the stink out, but you're done. You might as well go home, right? Shower and, and change your outfit because that cigarette smell is horrible, right? So I'm sorry to all my, you know, uh, smokers out there. Um, but please try not to smoke. You know what I mean? Try to quit. Remember when smoking was allowed in restaurants and the person next to you could be in smoking section and yeah. you're not? Oh, yeah, because you're in the non-smoking section. Right. But it's literally the person next to you? No. Here's what's worse. Remember when you could smoke on a plane? Yeah. Oh, because the plane has right. a smoking section. Right. The last 10 rows were smoking and the front <laughs> yeah. wasn't. I'm sorry. I would have been. I was I was too young, but I, I wish I could have raised my hand and be like, I'm, are the windows open back there? Yeah. <laughs> Because what do you think the smoke's going? You think the smoke's just nice enough to stay back there? Or the smoke's like, oh, you know, we got free reign. Right. And it was horrible because it would stink up the whole... And the the seats were made out of cloth. So the seats all smelled. Everything smelled. Oh, my God. And people still try to smoke on a plane. Yeah. Because they still have to put that announcement. You know, smoking is against federal law. Tampering with smoking devices. Because when I hear this, I'm like, who is trying to smoke? But... People have been known to tamper with the smoking devices so they can get a little, you know, puff puff in in the bathroom. And I came from a smoking family like my dad smoked. Well, only my dad. My dad smoked because he was in the tobacco industry, but he would never smoke around us. He'd go outside to smoke. I think partly because my mom didn't allow it in the house or in the cars or anything. I love it when people go outside to, to smoke, but they'll smoke like right outside the door. <laughs> so every time the door Letting opens, all the puffs in. yeah, I'm like, you know what? Just come inside. Come inside. Come come smoke right next to me. Blow the air into my face because basically that's what you're doing by smoking immediately outside the door. Yep. Disgusting. And that was a podcast, Yelly Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Jose Rodriguez. For more information on my shows, Mijante, you can go to EllieCastro.com and you can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. You can find me trying to open up a cleaning service here real soon. What would you call it? We clean it all. Except bodily fluids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not that. No, no bodily fluids. Remember, Mijante, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. Palante. Non je pas.